Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, I'm Peter Jones, Chartered Surveyor, Author, and Property Investor, and this is the Progressive Property Podcast. And I'm going to do something a little bit different today because I'm going to dissect an article which was published on the front page of a well-known tabloid newspaper a couple of weeks ago because it's all about the property market. And it's quite unusual for a, a national tabloid to devote the front page to a property article. Now, it does happen sometimes. The Daily Express, for example, quite often has articles about the property market well, I say quite often, regularly is perhaps a better way of describing it. Once every three or four months, the Daily Express will often have an article about the property market. And generally speaking, depending upon what's happening in the world and in the economy, it happens to be quite a positive article. Now, this is a different tabloid. I'm wondering whether I should name it. OK, I will. You've twisted my arm. It's the Daily Mail. And on August the 16th, the Daily Mail ran a sort of a shock horror. The property market's about to crash type article on the front page. And we're going to look at that and we're going to dissect it. And we're going to think, to, are, are there actually grains of truth in this or is it just hype? Because the interesting thing is that the Daily Mail is much less likely to run an article on the front page than the Daily Express. And so I'm just wondering why they did that. The answer is probably because it was published on August the 16th. And if you think about that, that's the height of the silly season. The silly season is when all the politicians are away on holiday. Nobody's really arguing about Brexit. Donald Trump's probably been a bit quiet and hasn't tweeted very much recently. And the journalists who aren't on their summer holiday, who are left in an almost empty office to keep the show on the road and to keep pumping out newsprint, are looking around for something to publish. And what do they see? Well, it was a report by the Office of National Statistics all about the property market. Very, very interesting. Because the thing which strikes me is, it's interesting, isn't it, how we can take the same statistics but give them a completely different spin, depending upon our mindset and depending upon perhaps even our political leaning. Because all of the newspapers definitely have a different political leaning, we know that. But it's also evident when they talk about property. So, for example, The Guardian, which is quite left-leaning, doesn't like landlords. The Daily Express, as I say, is usually quite positive and encouraging the property market. The Daily Mail in this particular instance was quite negative. So let's have a look at the article. This is on the front page, as I say, this is their prime real estate in terms of newsprint. So they obviously wanted to make a bit of an impact with this. And it says, as property sales fall across the UK, are house prices set to take a tumble? Question mark. Big dramatic headline. Here's the body of the copy. Fears are growing that Britain's once red-hot property market has run out of steam. A string of indicators yesterday triggered warnings that it could be heading for a correction or even a crash. Oh my word, gosh. Prices in London are falling at the fastest pace since the financial crisis. Really? Okay, well, we'll certainly look at that. But the declines are not limited to the capital. Houses are also losing value across the northeast, as well as in towns and cities such as Winchester, Oxford, Wickham and Blackpool. Pockets of Devon, Derbyshire, Lincolnshire, Hertfordshire, Berkshire, Staffordshire, Cumbria and Surrey are also affected. My word, I wish I'd stayed in bed this morning. 
The number of property sales has also tumbled by as much as 65% in some areas, as buyers worried about rising interest rates balk at the silly money demanded by sellers. House prices have enjoyed almost a decade of strong growth since the financial crisis, but experts fear that this has left property overvalued. Estate agents said prices are now being cut to tempt buyers back in, particularly those worried about rising interest rates as they struggle to raise enough money to secure a mortgage. Reuben Young, director of Priced Out, which campaigns to make housing more affordable, said there can be no doubt that we are in a bubble. Okay, Reuben, there's no doubt. We'll take your word for it. We might look at that a little bit closer, though. People buy housing not just for security, but in expectation that prices will rise in future. At some point, the bubble will burst. But in a warning to first-time buyers hoping to take advantage of lower prices, he said that the fall seen so far does not mean it's bursting now. Very interesting point. A report by the Office for National Statistics and Land Registry yesterday showed overall UK house prices rose by only 3% to £228,384 in the 12 months to June, the slowest increase since August 2013. London prices fell 0.7% or by £3,400 to £4,700. Six thousand seven hundred fifty-two. I'll say that again: four hundred seventy-six thousand seven hundred fifty-two pounds. The sharpest decline since September two thousand and nine, when the UK was in deep recession in the wake of the financial crisis. Interesting: three thousand four hundred pounds on a five hundred thousand pound property is the sharpest decline since two thousand and nine. Very interesting. Prices fell by 23.8% or £220,000 in the City of London, 13.9% or £187,000 in Kensington and Chelsea, and 12.1% or £132,000 in Westminster. Prices were also down year on year in the North East by 0.6% or £825 to £127,271. There are also falls of 5.3% in Purbeck and Dorset and 4.9% in South Buckinghamshire, while homeowners in Winchester, Wickham, Stroud, Oxford and Blackpool saw declines of between 2 and 3%. There were also falls of 5.3% in Purbeck and Dorset and 4.9% in South Buckinghamshire, while homeowners in Winchester, Wickham, Stroud, Oxford and Blackpool saw declines of between 2 and 3%. Experts warned that prices have risen too far in parts of the country, resulting in a dramatic collapse in the number of sales as buyers are put off sky-high asking prices. Many sellers, faced with demands to cut their prices, have refused to do so, instead withdrawing their houses from the market. Again, a very interesting point, actually. Across England, the number of transactions fell 19.3% between April last year and April this year. Sales were down 13.9% in Wales, a similar amount in Northern Ireland, and 9.4% in Scotland. But in parts of the UK, the falls were even more dramatic. In Newham in London, they were down 65.6%. A shortage of supply has helped prop up prices in some areas, as a large number of house hunters chase a limited number of properties. Crucial point. Experts warned that when sellers accept that the market has softened, and are willing to accept lower prices, a flurry of homes coming onto the market could push prices down further. Howard Archer, 
And let's face it, they always wheel poor old Harold out, don't they, to comment on everything. Howard Archer, chief economist to the Ernst & Young Item Club, said, The downside for house prices is being limited by a shortage of houses for sale. If a significant amount of supply starts to come onto the market, you would expect to take away some of the support for prices. Lee Pendleton, founder director of independent estate agents James Pendleton, said, People have been asking for silly money. Sellers need to be realistic. If a house is not selling, it is usually down to price. In southwest London, where we operate, house prices rose 180% in 10 years. It's insane. Separate figures from the UK finance revealed that there has been a sharp fall in the number of landlords buying properties. Let me just repeat that. Separate figures from UK finance revealed that there's been a sharp fall in the number of landlords buying properties. Some 5,400 buy-to-let mortgages were completed in June, down 19.4% on the same month last year. Both the government and the Bank of England have launched clampdowns on landlords in recent years through higher taxes and tough lending rules. Paul Smith of Hart Estate Agents said, Areas of the market are suffering. Government policy on buy-to-let is clearly having a detrimental effect. But, he added, the UK property market remains buoyant. Middle England is thriving. So that's the end of the article. And there we are, the very last paragraph of this doom and gloom article actually finishes on quite a positive note. It says, the UK property market remains buoyant. Middle England is thriving. Now contrast that with the headline, which is, are we about to have the mother of all crashes? There we go. This is the press for you, isn't it? Very interesting article, though. So it starts out suggesting the whole market's completely bombed, isn't it? And that we're heading for this horrible crash. But actually, there's not a lot in there to support it. There's these interesting phrases like Ruben suggests that we're definitely in a bubble. And he sort of says that as if that's just taken for granted. Taken as red is a bubble. We'll come back to that. But one of the things which I thought was very interesting, which did come out through this article, is the fact that there is a shortage of properties on the market at the moment and that that's supporting prices. And this is one of the things which we've seen since the credit crunch, I think, that there's been this curious game of cat and mouse between buyers and sellers. And the reality seems to be that many people who would have sold house and moved, perhaps prior to 2007, have decided that they're going to stay put and they're not going to move and they're going to improve the property they're in. And you'll see if you look at the figures for finance, for example, the number of remortgages has gone up because people are remortgaging their homes to undertake, get well, finance uh, home alterations and improvements rather than selling properties and taking out new mortgages to buy new properties. And that seems to be the case. Now, one of the things which this article does highlight is the fall in values for the very, very top value stuff in London. And it talks about properties in the city of London and Westminster and Kensington and Chelsea, where hundreds of thousands have been knocked off a price of a property. But the reality is that probably hundreds of thousands have been knocked off properties which are worth multiple millions. So as a percentage of the asking price, it's probably not a lot. I mean, it's obviously to you and me, it's a fair chunk of change, but in terms of the actual overall value of the property, is probably not telling us an awful lot. And you'd probably expect that they're fairly niche markets with only a limited number of buyers. And if they only, you know, if there's only a handful of properties sold in a month, that probably distorts the market. You could easily see that if 
you know, an extra few properties were sold next month, that could distort the market the other way and they could go up disproportionately. It's a bit of a strange market. You certainly couldn't hang your hat on that as being evidence of anything within the property market. But what I think is happening here is that as so often happens, I mean, as I said right at the beginning, the Daily Mail, they've got to sell papers. They're trying to be a bit dramatic. But it's a very London-centric view, isn't it? Because if you look at the property indices, which I would say produce the best evidence, and if you've been to Masterclass, you'll know which one I'm talking about. I'm not going to talk about it now. Come to Masterclass. But there is a particular index which I love because it's one which is used by valuers and bank valuers. And interestingly, that came out today. One of the reasons why I wanted to record this podcast today is because I wanted to look at that index to see what's actually happening, because it's a monthly index and it shows values across the whole of the country, but not regionally. It actually talks about specific towns. And if you look at it, it's quite clear what's happening. London's taking a breather, but outside of London and the southeast, probably the rest of the country is pushing on, particularly in the Midlands and the north. And that's classic of what happens with the ripple. If you understand the ripple, you'll understand what I'm saying, because ripple theory is this. London values go up and then values ripple out from London and the value of properties increases almost in a line coming out of London. Over time, that line moves across the country from south up to the north and values increase in the wake of that. A bit like a literally dropping a stone in a, in a pond and seeing the ripples out or well, the stone would sort of drop on London, then the ripples of value ripple out from London and they, they go up. I'm sure you understand what I'm trying to say. And that's what we're seeing because values in the North, values in the Midlands are still pushing on. I invest up in the Northeast, so I'm particularly interested in what's happening in Newcastle. And according to my favourite index, and this isn't why it's my favourite index, by the way, because I had to take bad news as well as the good news. But the good news is, that this month it's reporting that values are not only going up in Newcastle, but they're actually going up slightly faster than they were last month. So we're not seeing this sort of rush towards a crash. We're seeing outside of London, things are actually doing pretty well. But I thought it would be interesting to contrast that article with one produced by the RICS. So I have in front of me the July 2018 UK Residential Market Survey produced by the RICS, the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors, my eminent body of which I'm a member. And if you want to find this, you can Google it. Just Google RICS UK Residential Market Survey and you'll find not just the one for July, which is the latest one, but you'll find back copies for previous months, which you can read should you wish to. Anyway, the July one has a headline of Landlord instructions fall as rent forecasts edge up. So let me just go through this. And as, as I go through, I'm just going to highlight some of the points because I thought it'd be quite interesting to contrast this, which is kind of, if you like, that without one sounds snotty, but the, the professional viewpoint, which we can contrast with the sort of the media hype. So this is what the RICS say. They say, the most striking feature of the July 2018 RICS residential market survey is the worsening trend in new instructions in the letting sector. This was something that was highlighted in the June report on the basis of monthly non-seasonal adjusted data. However, a broadly similar pattern is visible in the preferred indicator, whatever that means. It basically is saying that the number of new instructions in the letting sector is going down. Less landlords will come to that. 
The results show that new landlord instructions in the latest three-month period has slipped to a net balance of minus 9%. This is the ninth consecutive quarter in which this indicator has recorded a negative number, albeit only modestly on some occasions. This pattern is symptomatic of the shift in the mood music in the buy-to-let market in the wake of tax changes, which are still in the process of being implemented. Significantly, the drop, of inst- the drop in instructions is evident in virtually all parts of the country to a greater or lesser extent. So what are they saying? They're saying basically the number of landlords bringing properties to the market has decreased quite significantly since the government started bringing in the tax changes. What tax changes? Well, it's our old friend Section 24, which is stopping us from offsetting mortgage interest against our rents when we're calculating our income tax if we own the properties in our own name. And also, of course, stamp duty. Now, if you think back to the Daily Mail article talking about the big falls in the London prices in that little inner ring, the most central part of London, which is Westminster, Kensington, Chelsea, and the City of London, that's where the stamp duty effect, changes in the stamp duty is going to have the biggest effect, isn't it? Because that's where the highest value properties are. So that's no surprise. And the RICS are confirming that that and Section 24 is beginning to bite in the investment market, in the buy-to-let market overall. Let's carry on with what the RICS have to say. While the implication of this feedback is that the supply of fresh rental stock to the market is increasingly constrained, the tenant demand indicator remains resilient. So there we are. So we've got an imbalance. Number of properties to rent out is diminishing, but we've still got a very strong demand from tenants. The upward momentum in the latter appeared to have slowed in recent quarters, but the numbers remain in positive territory at a headline level, plus 11% in the latest three-month period. One consequence of this imbalance is that expectations for rental growth appear to be strengthening once again. Over the next 12 months, rents are projected to increase by a little short of 2% nationally, but the shortfall in the supply pipeline is more visible over the medium term, with a cumulative rise of around plus 15% expected by the middle of 2023. East Anglia and the southwest are viewed as likely to see the sharpest growth over the period. So there we go. So in the short term, because of this imbalance between the number of properties coming onto the market but strong tenant demand, they're expecting plus 2%, an increase in rents of plus 2% as an average across the country. But over the next five years, they're expecting a 15% increase in rents. Now, here's the thing. If rents are going to go up 15%, what's that going to do for property values? Because the two can't be in isolation, can they? It's very hard to imagine that. So, all good stuff. If you're thinking about, is this the time to be in property? Well, maybe that's suggesting that now's the time to be in property. Very interesting, though, that the RICS are highlighting that the government measures to try and disincentivize buy-to-let investors is clearly beginning to work. Let's carry on. Turning to the sales market, the underlying message is little different from that reported in June. The headline price balance edged up from plus 3% to plus 4% in July, following two months when the results were very slightly negative. There we go. Daily Mail, you haven't mentioned that at all. The RICS is saying that actually far from being in a position where prices and values are about to fall, they're actually edging up and they're edging up more quickly. 
They've gone from plus 3% to plus 4%. Okay, it's not great shakes, but it's certainly not indicative of an imminent crash, is it? It's actually going the other way. Meanwhile, the newly agreed sales net balance remained close to zero for the fourth month in succession. These results are consistent with a broadly stable housing market when viewed through the prism of a national perspective. There we are. The RICS aren't predicting a crash. These are the people who own the estate agencies. These are the people who are out doing valuations for mortgages. And they're saying that the market is actually broadly stable. So there's a very interesting thought. As we have highlighted previously, the feedback to the RICS survey continues to suggest a stronger market in Scotland, Northern Ireland, much of the north of England, the Midlands and Wales. There you are. That's the ripple effect I was talking about. Outside of London, things are doing pretty good. Thank you very much. The London price balance was little changed over the month at minus 40%. But this does represent a shift from the reading of minus 66% in April. Now, better explain. That's not saying that prices in London have gone down 40%. It's just saying that 40% more surveyors expect to see a price fall than a price increase. But that's less than we're expecting a price decrease in April. So if anything, far from concurring with the Daily Mail, the RICS are actually saying things are coming back in London a little bit. So there we go. It's perhaps no surprise that as speculation built ahead of the August Bank of England meeting, which was to see a quarter point rise in base rates, the headline new buyer inquiries series was little changed over the month with a net balance of plus 2%. The new instructions measure similarly signalled a flat picture following two months in a row of very modest increases. We acknowledged last month harbouring some doubts as to whether the pipeline of new supply into the sales market would continue to improve in the light of the feedback received on appraisals being conducted by valuers. For the record, the appraisal balance in July was once again firmly negative. As a result, our judgment is that the average inventory on the books of estate agents is likely to remain close to historic lows. Just say that again. As a result, our judgment is that the average inventory on the books of estate agents is likely to remain close to historic lows. The impact of this is visible in both the 12-month sales and price expectations. While the former recorded a reading of minus 7%, its most negative number since October last year, the latter was much firmer at 25%. So what are they saying in all of that? Well, they're saying, despite the fact that the Daily Mail are telling us that buyers are scared because of interest rates, they're saying that actually the number of buyers went up slightly, only by 2%, but this going is into positive territory, not negative territory. So there's slightly more buyers out there. But because the number of new properties on the market hasn't increased, they're expecting that prices are going to increase the the net balance on the of the price expectation graph is plus 25% more surveyors expect prices to go up than there are surveyors expecting prices to go down in other words the RICS putting it crudely are expecting prices to go up because there's slightly more buyers and there's no extra sellers let me continue. Each quarter, an additional question is inserted into the survey in an attempt to capture the trend in the gap between asking and sales price. The latest set of results tell a broadly similar story to that seen in April and generally re reflect the regional skew in the performance of the housing market. So for properties put on the market at a price in excess of a million, roughly one in 10 are sold at a discount of more than 10%. 
Okay, that's what the Daily Mail was saying. Those really high value properties in London taking a bit of a hit. The RICS are saying that properties which are worth more than a million expect to have to discount the price by 10% to get them sold. Actually, that's not an unusual thing because there's far fewer buyers at that level. But obviously, one of the things which they're struggling with is this whole stamp duty thing, which I've already alluded to. In addition, around three quarters of survey participants cite there being some negative gap between the initial asking and eventual sales price. For properties put on the market between half a million and one million, the comparable numbers show only 2% of respondents seeing prices achieved coming in more than 10% below asking, although a still sizable 62% of contributors report sales prices coming in below the initial asking price to some degree. So basically what they're saying is saying that between half a million and a million, you're going to have to discount a little bit, but not nearly as much as for the properties over a million. You're going to have to knock a little bit off, but it's not going to be the, the 10% that you're going to have to knock off if you've got a property of more than a million. Meanwhile, this is probably the bit most of us are going to be interested in. Meanwhile, for the mainstream market, which is homes priced at under half a million pounds, the largest share of respondents noted asking and sales prices being at the same level. The same level. Significantly, the feedback in this area of the market actually shows one in five properties with a completion price above the asking price. So there you are, Daily Mail. Certainly no evidence of a crash in that. So what are they saying? Well, if we sort of pick out the sort of the main headlines from that article, they're saying it's a relatively stable market. It's doing better in the Midlands and the North and Wales and Scotland than it is in London. And if the properties are below half a million pounds, you're probably not going to have to discount them because there's more buyers. There's been no increase in the number of sellers, which means that it's kind of a seller's market in a way. Um, although the buyers may disagree with that because there's, we're told there's not that many buyers, but there's enough buyers for there to be a slight imbalance, which means that prices are stable and that below half a million pounds, you're probably not going to have to discount and you may even be able to get more than asking price. So there we are. That's what the professionals think. And I thought it's very interesting just to contrast that with the article in the Daily Mail. If anything, it just proves that you need to know what you're talking about. Get your own information. Do your own interpretation. Don't let the Daily Mail or the press or anybody else interpret the data for you. Don't let me interpret it for you. You get your own data and you come to your own conclusions. But certainly don't just read the headline and think, oh, that must be true. Because when you start digging into it, there's an awful lot going on which isn't reported and which isn't said unless you go to the right sources of information. So I recommend that you perhaps get a hold of the uh, the RICS Residential Market Survey every month just to keep an eye on what they're saying. Because whether you agree with them or not, what they're saying is going to be clouding the judgment and influencing the judgment of valuers who are going out to value your properties if you're applying for mortgages. And if you're wondering why you're being downvalued, you'll find it in here. If you're wondering whether you're going to get a more positive valuation, you'll find it in here. So it's always good to see what they're thinking. So anyway, I hope that you enjoyed that. There's something a little bit different. It is the silly season. Everybody's away. It's August. Thought we'd do something a little bit different. And we'll be back to sort of normal service soon. I'll have some great guests coming in in the autumn. Until then, if you want to know more about me, come over to my website, thepropertyteacher.co.uk. It'd be great to see you there. I've got my blog. You can sign up for my Friday morning newsletter. 
there's resources, there's all sorts of stuff. But until next time, until the next Progressive Property Podcast, here's to successful property investing.